Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. Andrew Gunling is such a psychopath. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Just horse. You're right, it was Nam. I gotta give a closer look to Peter's region. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Andrew Gunling. You couldn't possibly understand the hurt. That's right, Andrew Gunling filling in for Peter Rosenberg tonight on ENN. A very special ENN, probably the first one I've ever done with myself, Dan Grassa, and Gordon Damer. This is history. History in the making. There you go. And we begin this ENN by saying hello first to Dan. All right, bro. Let's bang it out. (laughs) And next up we say, hello, Gordon. I did not take my hand off the piece. Never do. Wow. There you have it. A little bit of of breaking news to start ENN, actually. Real breaking news. Ooh. I don't know if you've been on Twitter in the last, I don't know, 30 minutes or so, but there's a fire at RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C., which I did not even realize was still standing. Uh, D.C. Fire and EMS have tweeted, Working fire at RFK Stadium. Hashtag DC's bravest have located several fires in below-grade levels in the stadium in the process of extinguishing. No injuries reported. Investigators en route. And there's um, some interesting video from inside the stadium. You see smoke coming out from what used to be, I guess, the Nationals' dugout. It almost looks haunted in the stadium. There's weeds growing all over the field. It's it's really strange. Uh, so there you go. If you want to go on Twitter and check that out, I will do that immediately. Yeah. What what is that operational for these days? I Anything? have no. I mean, again, when you apparently look at, nothing when, if they have weeds growing there. Dan, I mean, honestly, it looks like a haunted stadium. If you were to go on Twitter, you'll see. It doesn't look like it's been used for anything in years, and I don't know why it would still be standing. Maybe there's some Wait, reason. You uh, know, they're probably know. old Washington fans probably want to blame Dan Snyder for it. It's pr- it he's probably else. behind it. If, if, if yeah. we've learned nothing from anything else, it's probably something. So you don't think it's unrealistic that the first phone call that investigators are going to make upon hearing this news is to Dan Snyder? Right. Some sort of, okay, what'd you do? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see. We begin ENN tonight with a little bit of Mets. Max Scherzer making his return for the Mets tonight against the Reds. They managed to go 26-15 and 15 without him. Uh, here he is, Scherzer, talking about his excitement over returning to the mound. Yeah, you just got to be on the bench and, uh, you know, talking shop with the guys and uh, understand different situations that I, you know, I see and be able to still be a part of the team and helping guys out. There's different things that happen every single day in the big leagues that you see uh, from the bench uh, that you can always, you know, talk with your teammates of different situations that happen. So, you know, that's where I have a pretty good feel for uh, what goes on. So, um, you know, excited to get back, you know, with the team, join them uh, officially now, you know, get things going. So he'll be on the mound tonight. Props to Scherzer also, by the way. Um, after his final start with Double A Binghamton, he reportedly paid somewhere around $7,000 for the postgame food spread. Yeah. Um, uh, here he was talking about that as well. Did you hear the postgame spread? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any details? They're eating well tonight. <laughs> yep. You know what was on did the you menu? See what it was, did you see what it was specifically? It, um, it was uh, ribeyes, mm-hmm. ribeye steaks, uh, lobster. 
and filet mignons, and he also kicked in and bought every guy on the team a, a pair of AirPods as well. So I mean, he he you know he he paid it forward, as they say, which that's, is cool. That's class. And people will say there will be the haters that say, oh well, look at the contract he just signed; it's the least he could do. But look, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. Right. You can just show up and leave. Exactly. It's, it's over. Well, and, and you know what it does. It kind of now passes the baton and puts the onus on Jacob DeGrom. Mm, good because point. Jacob DeGrom, right, he made the start for St. Lucie the other night. I think he's making one more at least for single A. So he might have to make a couple stops up through the ranks of the Mets minor leagues. And I think that every level he passes, DeGrom is going to have to at least maybe kick in for a few pizzas afterwards, something. because <laughs> yeah, pizza? Pizzas, no, the, the minor leaguers can afford pizza. They gotta get a, they gotta get a high quality ribeye or a nice nice sectional couch something out of this deal. A sectional couch. So how many guys around Major League Baseball you think saw what Max Scherzer did, and instead of their reaction being oh that's pretty cool, <laughs> they, instead they kind of rolled their eyes and thought oh, come on Max. Well, how many make forty three million dollars a that's year? True. You know that's true. But Gordon, pizza, you remember? Yeah, I don't know. Gordon, you remember? Uh, once upon a time there was a thing called the Newark Bears. Sure. I can't remember which guy it was. It was either Jose Canseco or Ricky Henderson. It was one of the two. Because, like, Ricky played till he was, like, 50. He never yeah. wanted to quit baseball, so he played with the Newark Bears. And I think Canseco passed through there when he was trying to make it back to the big leagues. One of those two gentlemen, I forgot who it was, but I remember reading at the time, they bought those college dorm-sized refrigerators for every guy, like, on the team. And I thought, like, oh, that's pretty cool. But that's nothing compared to what Max Scherzer's doing here. No. Throwing a couple of Rolexes around. I mean, it's going to cost you a lot of money here. I mean, I know he Pace makes a lot a of money. minor leaguer. Yeah. I mean, when you find out, if you're a minor leaguer and you find out that some major leaguer is, you know, there almost has to be a level of expectation. We're going to get something good, guys. There's got to be something good coming our way. What's coming? What, what, what are we getting? Uh, you guys mentioned Jacob DeGrom. Uh, he appears to be closer to returning to the Mets as well. In his first rehab start, he threw 24 pitches, struck out five of the six batters he faced, hit triple digits on seven of his 24 pitches. Um, what did the organization think of DeGrom dialing it up like that for his first rehab start? Here's Buck Showalter. Throwing 100 is who he is. Uh, do you have any apprehension when he goes out there after missing basically a year? And So I have curiosity. How do we all know? I, mean, I, know, I think I know the answer. I guess it's like broadcast and it's easy to get the velocities and stuff because we had it at 99.9. I'm just kidding. As a, as a no, <laughs> no. It, how do I feel about him throwing hard? Yeah. What are you gonna do? You know, tell him to throw less hard. Oh, it's you know, it's it's coming out good. It's not because he's trying to at max effort torque. He's got a rested arm. You know, he's very. Uh, I'm sure he's got a lot of uh, positive uh, emotion going. You know, you're assuming it hasn't been talked about. You know, I mean. What do you think he's going to do when he uh, when he comes up here? I, mean, I don't think he's going to dial it back there. So I guess he's getting ready for his what he's going to be asked to do up here. Was is that Buck at the Oscars the there? What, right what is going on back there? Uh, there? There was a live studio Playing audience. They were really impressed with the with his answers. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> Great that, answers. like a, a town hall with Buck Showalter on the road in Cincinnati talking about Jacob Degrom. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just B roll for what it, for people gotcha. who are actually curious. In the, in the clip. But, yeah, what do you make of that? Does Buck in any way sound a little bit annoyed? Can you understand the Mets maybe being annoyed that DeGrom is, is dialing it up like that in his first rehab start? 
to be honest with you, like 100% honest with you, I have a bad case of ADD, and I was more distracted by the B-roll, so mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything the Buck Showalter just said. Gordon, why don't well, you take I mean, I would be. I think they would only be annoyed is if they, they <laughs> told him ahead of time, hey, let's not go out there and, and, and go full bore here, right? Let, let, let's take it a little Which, easy. Which, by the way, it sounded like Buck kind of implied that by saying, how do you know it hasn't been talked about? Right. I, I think he was just trying to be glib there. I, I don't get the sense that the Mets have told him – to dial it down or anything like that. So that to me, that would be the only reason why they would be upset because we kind of have seen at other times that he is going, if he has the ball in his hand, he's on the mound, he's going to throw as hard as possible. Yeah. I think it's, it's a case of like, if you want to make this analogy to guys who play, I mean, even some baseball players, like guys who go all out and you say, oh, well, maybe they got to, you know, tailor it back a little bit and, and, you know, put the foot on the brakes, if you will, just so they can maybe stay injury-free, preserve their bodies a little bit. It's like this is – that's the only way they know how to play. This is the only way that Jacob DeGrom knows how to pitch. I, I just – I don't know. It's like if they're going to go, I, they're going to go. I don't go. know, though. Like he's he, – what, what, where was he at? Class A? You know, like yeah. he, he can only throw 102 at – and I, I don't know. I, I feel like he could he could dial it back. He just doesn't want to. He's he's – He's using this time to prepare him to get back to the major leagues. This is how he'll pitch in the major leagues, so this is why he's going to do it. I think if did he wanted that, to throw it softer, he could. Did you see, I don't remember if it was like the video or a picture or whatever, of like every guy on the team, the St. Lucie Mets, so I don't know how many players it was, 20-something, they're, they're like in a line, like standing like five, ten feet behind DeGrom when he was doing his pregame bullpen session, which is like off the third base side there. And it was just like, oh, like these dudes are just like captivated being that close to Jacob DeGrom and needed like that up close view. I saw of that this too. Guy. It was like he was teaching a clinic. Exactly. Exactly. It was like a Tom Amansky workout, <laughs> except this one was on pitching. Yeah, or like they won a contest to, to watch <laughs> right. Jacob DeGrom pitch. <laughs> yeah, the Jacob DeGrom summer camp on how to pitch right. from Port wow. St. Lucie, Florida. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully everybody's hat fit a lot better than Fred McGriff's. In the Tom Amansky videos, they were very, do you very be- stiff hat. Do you believe Fred McGriff, by the way? Like, he said that he had never watched one of those. Yeah, of course. No, that was, that was strictly something they brought to him that they were looking to sell, and, and Fred McGriff got paid a certain amount. Yeah, no, I absolutely believe he never watched a single second of those videos. And, and That's and, how uh, I, Andrew. Like, do people think that, like, ad, the people that are, are used in advertisements actually use the product every single time, especially big-name people? Of course not. Andrew, if we're talking about guys who should be in the Hall of Fame that aren't, I'm coming at you with Fred McGriff seven days a week and twice on Sunday. So home run-wise, what did he finish up at, 492? 493 or okay. 4, I think. But you got to remember about Fred McGriff here. It's like we're going to use the 500 number as like the, the end-all, be-all, which unless you have any sort of ties to steroids, that gets you into the Hall of Fame. Fred McGriff, let's remember something. 1994, when we had the players' strike, he lost about, what, 40 to 50 games that year? Like, you mean to tell me he wouldn't have found a way to hit seven more home runs in that 1994 season alone, the way the ball was flying out of the yard that season? So, no player strike in 94. He's probably at 500 home runs, and we're not even having this conversation. Yeah, five-time All-Star, uh, three-time Silver Slugger. That's, yeah, it's tough. He probably hey, should be in. Never, Braves never won a World Series. Until they traded for him. That's let's true. remember that. Good point. Uh, let's see. Guys, we were talking about it last hour. Kevin Durant watch in full effect as the NBA world sits and waits for what the Nets will do with their superstar. Still really nothing to report on this one. As it's becoming clearer 
each day that the Nets are not really in a hurry to make a deal. Here's Bobby Marks on ESPN explaining why that is. Not like the Nets are sitting in a room right now with their whiteboard and have all the trade options thinking, you know what, by tomorrow night at midnight we have to move this player. They're content as far as getting the right package. And when you saw the Rudy Gobert trade, when Gobert was traded for potentially five first-round picks, they're thinking, wait a minute, we've got Kevin Durant, a top-five player. We'd like the same package and picks, but we'd also like the same package and players also here. So there's no guarantee that Durant is moved. There's a possibility we get to training camp that he's still on the Nets roster. I don't blame the Nets one bit for waiting this one out. No, well, I'll say this. Like, hold you hostage. Yeah, the, the idea that Kevin Durant has this list of he wants to go here, he wants to go there. Why would the Nets care any bit about where he wants to go? <laughs> like, at, at some point, the Nets have to get back to caring about the Nets. And this would seem like the perfect time to do so. Yeah. Now, uh, Kendrick Perkins spoke about this. Here's some next-level thinking from Perk talking about Durant's trade demand. I don't believe Kevin Durant. I don't believe it at all. Matter of fact, it makes zero sense to me that he wants to be traded at this point. I don't believe he believes it. I think Kevin Durant is, is, is doing this as a scare tactic in order to help Kyrie Irving have leverage to get him signed long-term with the Brooklyn Nets. Do you buy that? Is this just an elaborate leverage play? I mean, we knew KD and Kyrie were good friends, but this would take their friendship to an even higher level, I would think. Durant kind of almost sacrificing sacrificing his reputation to help Kyrie get a, a big contract? I don't know. How can anybody be really good friends with Kyrie, though? Like, how many times? Like, and look, I don't know the intricacies and the ins and outs of their relationship, but I mean, like, just over the last few years, it would seem to me that if you are going to combine work and play, that Kyrie has left Kevin Durant and the Nets organization at the altar more than a couple of times, I would think, over the last couple of years. Why would this friendship continue to be so strong? Can somebody explain that to me? I will go on a limb and say this. I have never had a friend like Kevin Durant is friends with Kyrie Irving. I, I, would, I have never had a friend that would go to this extreme for, for, for me. I will tell you that right now. I don't think most people have. That's like the foxhole guy. Like, if you need a guy to be in a foxhole with, like, you know, Kevin Durant is that guy, apparently, just upon his relationship with Kyrie Irving. I would always want somebody in a foxhole who is really good at firing a rifle. Like, everybody always talks about being in the foxhole. Like, it's a good person. It's good. No, I don't care if he's a good person or a good dude. Can he, does he have really good aim? That's what I would I, that, That's my first requirement. Or if there was a way to cook guy. in the foxhole, he was proficient when it came to eh, even know, before, Even before skills. that, I can figure out the cooking myself. I need somebody who can fire a gun yes. very accurately. Just aiming. That's Just my aiming. only that's the, qualification. the only requirement I need. Yeah. Um, let's see, guys. Some news out of the NFL. Uh, researchers, this is not, not great. Researchers have determined that Demarius Thomas, who died – Last December, at just 33 years of age, had stage 2 CTE. Uh, his family believed seizures, which Thomas had battled since a 2019 car crash, might have led to his death. The coroner's office in Fulton County, Georgia, has not yet ruled on the cause of death. Now, uh, doctors at Boston University said Thomas had stage 2 CTE, which is associated with, quote, progressive behavior, cognitive, and mood abnormalities. Uh, Thomas's relatives say he developed depression and anxiety and had panic attacks in the years before his death. Stage four is the most severe state of CT and is usually associated with dementia. Uh, Dr. Ann McKee, who was part of the Boston University research team, said Thomas most likely died after having a seizure, uh, a condition not generally associated with CT. But like I said, there's been no official ruling on his cause of death as of yet. But that's um, more sad news on what was already a really sad story about Demarius Thomas.
I mean this in all seriousness. Has there ever been a person who was by their family suspected of having CTE and they didn't have it? If you played football, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, has there ever been a, a famous athlete who played football who the family, like, we, we want to have his brain studied, and it turned out that they didn't have it? Because you know, there has surprised. been, I don't know. When I saw that today, I was surprised by that because – like, I, I mean, I, I say get to know somebody, right? Like, how well do you know them? But I got to know Demarius Thomas a little bit. He was a Jet in 2019. So, you know, this was pre-COVID, of course, so locker rooms were open. You can actually go sit there and, you know, rub elbows with these guys, have conversations, and get to know them a little bit. And, and he was the nicest dude, down-to-earth dude, um, joking around. Like, he was somebody – that you never even saw any sort of potential mood swings or, you know, nothing. He was always upbeat when it came to that stuff. So I, I was really, really surprised. I knew about the seizure stuff because when he passed away, like that had been reported that right. that was something he was dealing with. But as far as like CTE and stuff, I was shocked when I saw that because he was such a good dude. And no, nobody had any negative to say about Demarius Thomas. Yeah, very sad. Um and it seems, you know, more and more, a lot of as they continue to conduct research on this, it seems that players, while they can't diagnose anybody while they're still alive, it feels like behavioral changes are becoming more and more obvious as to who might be at risk of one day being diagnosed. It's, it's really sad. Um, yeah. So that news for Demarius Thomas. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Uh, guys, are the Knicks in danger of falling afoul of the league's tampering? Bing bong! Uh, Fred Katz, who covers the Knicks for The Athletics, said that the Mavericks were, quote, quite frustrated about reports of a deal being agreed to with the Knicks and Jalen Brunson before teams were technically allowed to speak with free agents. They were also unhappy about Worldwide West, who's a senior advisor for the Knicks, sitting courtside for a Mavericks-Jazz playoff game. Um, now, of course, the weird variable in all of this is going to be Rick Brunson and Jalen Brunson, the father-son connection. So uh, how does the league regulate those conversations? I guess the question is going to be here, as to whether or not there's enough evidence beyond those two specifically to actually punish the Knicks for any tampering charges. Because I don't know how you do it based on Rick and Jalen. Well, did the did the Mavericks raise this within the league office? I don't when, think anything has been technically filed but yet. But no, I'm saying, did they complain to the league when World Wide West was at the game? Or is it only based on the results of him signing with the Knicks that now they're going to say there was tampering? Because if it, if it was so clear to you that there was tampering, you should have probably if that if him going to that game and sitting courtside was such an issue, the whole league is based on tampering. 
The whole, the, why, I mean, every single year, there's $100 million contracts that are signed seconds after, sometimes I think even before, but certainly seconds after the clock strikes, whatever. Is it midnight, 4 o'clock, right. whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, the Knicks finally land a guy. Wait a second. It's tampering. We got tampering. There's tampering every single year. What are we doing? Well, the Bulls like, and Heat did get in trouble just a year ago. The Bulls for Lonzo Ball and the Heat for Kyle Lowry. All right. Um, so it, it does happen. Second-round picks? Second-round picks. All right. Take a blocked. second. Knicks got 1,000 second-round picks. Take, yeah. take, take, take like, a second-round pick. Like, the NFL has that, like, legal tampering window as well for free agency, right? Which is, like, in the middle of March, a couple of days before the league year kicks in. Do you know how many conversations are had? Like, for, at, at, and, and really the hot spot is the NFL scouting combine, which is in, like, late February. Agents are there. GMs are there. All these free agent deals, a lot of them are even being brokered then. And that's why, the, you know, the second that the legal tampering window hits, to your point, Andrew, or whatever, like, you know, that's when Adam Schefter is reporting that so-and-so is ready to sign a deal with, because that was worked out at the Combine, you know, a month prior. And, and if, if World Wide West is sitting courtside, all right, I could see if he was sitting up in the nosebleeds and he paid his way into the arena that night, you know, as, as you know, Joe Blow or whatever. Don't you realize that the Mavericks and any one of these teams, they know exactly who's sitting courtside. Those are expensive tickets. Those don't, don't fly out of thin air. They knew that World Wide West was there. When they look at the list and say, oh, William Wesley, courtside, you mean to tell me that the antennas didn't go up then and thinking, hmm, this might be a little odd, don't you think? It probably did. I mean, and we were, I mean, this was in the in the postseason when this happened. The Jalen Brunson to the Knicks talk was already in full effect. Oh, at that of point. course. I mean, like the fact that if Leon Rose did not land Jalen Brunson, he it would almost be like a loser leave town match in the, oh. in, in wrestling. He, you you would I mean you can never have more connections than this guy had with the family. And that's why it's on ridiculous. draft night. Whenever, when, when every Nick fan was ready to jump ship and say, what are they doing? How do they punt on the draft, trading all these picks? Yeah, because you knew then, with everything the Knicks did on draft night, that they must have had some sort of word, some sort of tip with all the connections, like you said, Gordon, that they were getting this guy. And that's why they acted like they did on draft night. I would, I, I've said all leading up to free agency, what would have looked absolutely worse for the Knicks is if they didn't get him. Whether yeah, you think absolutely. they overpaid for the guy, whether you think he's not worth the money or even if he becomes a bust during his entire time with the Knicks to me it would have looked worse given all the connections given all the connected dots if Brunson of all people would have said nah thanks but no thanks like every other significant free agent seems to do with the Knicks and it would be kind of weird if Jalen Brunson didn't take the deal the Knicks offered he got wildly overpaid like, did the, do the Knicks really need to tamper in that case if they're paying the guy, I don't know, what, $8, $10 million more than anybody else was offering a year? Andrew, do you know that uh, Jalen Brunson, by the way, has a house on the Jersey Shore? Is that right? That's accurate. Don't know where, though, but it, it's there. And I'm sure, I don't know if he has Philly flags or New York flags outside of the house, though. That's a good question. He's from where? New Brunswick? Went to school in Philly? Well, he was born there, but I think he grew up probably a little further southish. Kind of. I, I mean, I, I would guess just through his Villanova ties alone that he'd be more of a Philly guy, but that's my guess. Know. Yeah. And his father went to Temple, so yeah, that would I be hated my guess. Those do you, do you, I mean, again, do you oh, really need to have that many teams. meetings to 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 offer a four year, hundred and ten or one hundred and four million dollar contract? Wouldn't seem like that that the, the meetings would have to be all that 
Well, and, and speaking of the meetings, weren't like the night before free agency, we heard he was going to meet with the Heat and the Mavericks, and then all of a sudden the Mavericks said, nah, you know what, we're not going to do the meeting. Well, why? Because did they – well, wasn't the William Wesley thing like in the cards and didn't Dallas know when they thought they were going to set up the meeting? It Was it only because of World Wide West that they were like, nah, we better not because we're not going to get them? Did, did World Wide West point out to Leon Rose, hey, by the way, did you know that you used to be the agent for this player? Like, well, why is Worldwide Western son is his agent here? for crying yeah, out loud? Leon Rose's <laughs> own child is right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Agent. Like, yeah. why is Worldwide West even getting involved here? Like, it, 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 it seems like a pretty <laughs> strong connection, even without Worldwide West being involved. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hey, Leon, how's your son doing? Oh, he's doing all right. Hey, I just read in the paper he, he's Jalen Brunson's. Uh, Jalen Brunson's he agent. He is. Wow. Like, Wait no a way. Wait until Jalen Brunson finds out his dad is working for the Knicks. Holy crap. Dad, what are you doing here? I'm a coach. <laughs> You're here too? Oh, my God. Who knew? Small world. Uh, let's see. Guys, what's the most – I don't know if you are if you're, are sports memorabilia guys at all. What's the most you would pay for sports memorabilia? Oh. Wow, it depends well, on Well, is it, it like Luis Gonzalez's gum? Like okay, well, how, how about Steph Curry's jersey from game one of this year's NBA Finals? Well, that that's that's a that's a valuable piece. Not not so much for me. I, I might be out of my range, but so yeah, it just I can see that. people jumping on that. It just went in a a hundred and one bid auction uh, for a little over two hundred and three thousand dollars. I mean, wow! It was the game where he hit six threes in the first quarter. All right, humor me for a second, mm-hmm. seriously. And it's really with any of this type of game used merchandise, whatever. How do we know? Like, if I was going to invest that kind of money, to, that this was a game one, game worn jersey, I want to see video of it the time with lapse. An Eli Manning certificate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Eli's picture is on the back of the certificate saying, it's real. Yep, you can count real. on me. Believe no, but I want to see a video of like the time when Steph takes the jersey off. You know, somebody takes the jersey, puts it away in storage, and then it ends even up then, right in even front then of me. You can't know. Like, exactly. you ever see, like, David Blaine do these magic tricks? They might bring in David Blaine, and he all of a sudden can do a magic trick that makes you think you're getting the, the real jersey, and it's not the real jersey. You never know. Yeah, that's probably what happened. <laughs> I don't know. I, I you choose, never know. I like to believe in things. I believe that this is real. Now, I, I should tell you that that is not even close to the most expensive uh, game-worn jersey that's gone to auction. Care to guess? It's hard to guess, but... Yeah, the Tom, probably the Tom Brady one that because they had to get it out of Mexico because the guy stole it who was the Mexican reporter took it home and then they had to get it across. Uh, so I don't know what that one boundaries. went for. I, I'm not sure about that one. What I, the the one I saw is NBA uh, also. Jordan's flu game jersey? No, I don't know if well, that, that ever went a, to that option. would be a good one. Yeah, that would be disgusting. Although you might actually. catch the flu from it. Right? It's uh, this. <laughs> It's, Does um, flu last on something like that? Like, what's the know. medical? You can't be too careful. If the last couple of years have taught us anything, you can't be too right. careful. Right. You can only right. handle it if you're wearing a hazmat suit. <laughs> yes. But it comes right. with the hazmat suit, which also has a certificate. Of- <laughs> uh, it was a game-worn jersey from Kobe Bryant's rookie season, which went for $3.69 million. Holy crap. Yep. It must be nice like- to have a life where you can spend that on a jersey. Like, how do you know? I just, like, that's my answer to, even if it's like a game-used ball, a game-used bat, uh, how do you know? Like I said, you just, sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith and believe. Uh, not, and then, not, not for that coin, you know. <laughs> I'm going to need a little bit more to go on than just faith. Sorry. Look, if you're someone who can spend $3.5 million on a jersey, chances so. are $3.5 is not really changing your life all that much. That's a fair point. Yeah.
finally here, I mentioned Max Scherzer's nice gesture earlier to his double-A teammates. Well, here's Ja Morant uh, leaving a $500 tip for a waitress who did not know who he was. This video is from at ShotByNye on Twitter from Ja Morant's new docuseries. Here, here's the audio of it. Who are you, though? It's Black Jesus. You who? Black, Black Jesus. Jesus. Now, you, you some kind of professional. You play football, basketball, or something? Basketball. What school you went to? I'm not from here. You're not where you're from? South Carolina. Okay. Where you going? You so you play basketball? Yeah. You can go to the NBA? I'm already in there. Who are you playing for? The Grizzlies. Your new favorite team. Your That's new the favorite team, the Grizzlies. That's the team that ball plays, Jarry. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> you that boy that? You that boy. What? Yeah. What's your name? John Moret. Run that by me again. He was leaving a tip. He left. Like a, yeah, he was eating. It looks like a diner or something, and he, and he yeah. apparently left her a $500 tip, and so it kind of got her antenna up that he... Not just anyone does that. And so but, she thought he was somebody, but she couldn't place who it was, and it turned out it was John Morant, and she went crazy. Not for nothing. She clearly he, had never heard of John Morant before. No. Like, if she knew ever. anything about John Morant. Well, I don't I care if he's John Morant or anybody, but if somebody is already going to commit to give you that very generous tip, why is she playing 20 questions with him? It's almost like is she— Is his name on she, his credit card? Is he paying yeah, cash? It's like what she is, needs to know who he is before she can accept the $500. How about accept the $500 no, no, and then she worry took about it. who she he is afterwards? Yeah. I think she was just trying to, you know, how, how, you know. Most, and the cameras this? were rolling, too, yeah, probably, that, right? Yeah, it certainly helps, right. Yeah, You're both exceedingly wealthy. What, what sort of large tips have you left in the past? What would be, uh, I have go beyond left, 20%? The greater, greater the bill, right? I have left a, uh, I matched the bill for a restaurant one time because a girl wow. was waiting on us. Uh, it was her first day, and I could tell she was having a hard day. That wasn't it. Wasn't five hundred dollars? I can tell you that right now. But McDonald's does waiter service. I did hundred. Yeah, no. Yeah. Look. <laughs> well, let me ask you a every question. Every little bit helps. Let me ask you what what is considered a hard day? Now, is this something that she you could just tell you, she was or did frazzled? You observe? Uh, no, she was our waitress, and she was working some other tables. Okay. And you could tell that she was having a little bit of a. And she mentioned that it was her first day. Now, maybe this is a game she's running. Mm. Maybe she. That's, maybe she uses this every single day. Hey. That's right that's out of possible. the used car salesman playbook. Right. Not that it's right. my first day, but oh my, you know, oh that's my mother's name, or oh that's my father's name. I don't, name, I don't so think she's so better call Saul. I don't think that that's what's happening. I don't think she's running game, but it's possible. But it, you could tell she was having a hard time of it, and so. Well, that's nice of you. It's a yeah. nice gesture. And it wasn't it cash. Was, it was a credit card, so it, it was not even real money. It was just like pretend. I, I just sign. Yeah. Match 100%. Wow. You are a good man. And that is ENN for this Tuesday night. There we go. We're going to have more Andrew ENN the rest of the week, too, which is outstanding, right? That's right. That is right. And it's not going to be on Yes as well. That is also right. It's not? Wait a second. (laughs) I thought it was coming on for the last half hour. Wouldn't it be great if Yes pops on, like, just for Just for a brief second. Oh, I saw it. Like a surprise. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not in television shape right now, so I don't know if that would fly well i'll tell you right now if there's a camera in this room that i'm not aware of that's going to be a real problem okay very problematic uh 800-919-3776 that is the telephone number we still got another half an hour to play with anita marks is coming up at the top of the hour got some uh baseball news applying to the two locals which we will get to when we return plus your phone calls it's dan it's gordon it's the k show it's 98.7 espn 
Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.